Hello, listeners. Welcome to another enlightening episode on Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. I'm your host, Grace O'Farr. The cannabis plant is a treasure trove for medical value, as are some of these other plant medicines that have previously been banned. And now they're coming back. So says Dr. Danny Gordon, an advocate and world-renowned authority on medicinal cannabinoids, particularly CBD, in treating a variety of physical and mental health conditions. From her years of research into the subject, she is eager to argue for the wide range of therapeutic uses to be found in a multiplicity of chemical compounds that can be extracted from the cannabis plant and not just restricted to a single substance as is often assumed. She has also developed an integrated series of treatments constituting a group of natural medicines derived from a number of plant extracts. Dr. Gordon is also a staunch advocate for women's rights and sees the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn the Roe v. Wade judgment of 1973, which legalized the right to an abortion as a retrogressive step back into the dark ages that will have an adverse effect on gender equality in the future. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Danny Gordon. She's a double sport certified medical doctor, author, world leading expert in integrative and cannabinoid medicine, that is CBD oils. She's also a mother. Welcome, Dr. Danny. Thank you so much, Grace. It's so nice to be here with you. It's a pleasure. Kindly tell us a bit about yourself and why you went into the area of medicine you're practicing currently. So I am a medical doctor. I went to medical school in the normal way. And um, when I was at medical school, what my passion really was, was more, you know, chronic disease management, family medicine, um, that sort of thing, not the acute care that we're really good at with the drugs and the surgery approaches. And I, I basically realized once I started out, uh, got out practicing and seeing my own patients was that, um, you know, just a drugs alone approach is not very effective for a lot of my patients who were um, suffering with mental and physical health conditions, chronic conditions. My, my focus in my practice was really on mental health, but a lot of people with chronic pain, chronic conditions, trauma, PTSD, this sort of thing. Um, so I did an additional fellowship in something called integrative medicine, which is combining natural evidence-based approaches like mindfulness, um, you know, meditation, natural supplements, and then cannabis and cannabis-based medicines um, alongside conventional uh, medications. And also um, referring, I work with a lot, my patients a lot of times see a psychotherapist as well. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my background is I've been doing that for about the last 10 years. And um, I, I'm really passionate about it, obviously, because um, I'm an advocate for women's health. Um, I consider myself, you know, an, an activist for women's health. Um, and majority of my practice is actually women. Um, I recently did an audit. You have to do these audits in your practice every year. And um, my practice is 80% women. So um, a lot of the work I do is 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 with women and um, helping them on their healing journeys um, in some way or another uh, using these tools. Oh, thank you for enlightening us. With the current situation around the world, 
rising food costs, high energy bills, war in Ukraine. How can CBD alleviate people's anxiety or stress levels? Yeah, that's a really big one. Um, I was just actually today, just before this interview, checking out at um, the preschool, our, our village preschool with my son. And um, there's actually a few children from the Ukraine that are attending there. And um, it, it's really all around us. There's so much trauma in the world right now. And, you know, CBD and cannabis medicines are not a cure-all, of course, but they're a really good tool for people who are really suffering with a lot of stress and anxiety that they sometimes when the nervous system is so overwhelmed it's really hard to sit down and meditate or do your self-care or do talk therapy with a psychotherapist or do something like cbt because the brain is just too overwhelmed so when patients come to see me in my medical practice we often use um cannabis-based medicines like cbd as a tool to help them calm down the nervous system so then they can do the other things um to help them on their journeys um we also use cannabis-based medicines that have a little bit of THC by prescription to help people suffering with more severe forms of um, sleeping problems, a PTSD, trauma, so they can get a good night's sleep. So again, they can their brain can be a bit clearer and they can have a bit more bandwidth to, to engage with the therapies that over the longer term um, are, are really what they need to do for their healing. So how can the medicinal cannabis help people who have been victims of domestic abuse as compared with other trauma? Because you've mentioned trauma now. Yeah, so um, of course I am on the medical end. So you are the psychotherapy end. So of course you're going deeply into the into people's traumas and you know um, into the details of those. Of course, as a medical doctor, I more take care of things like their medications, their, um, their, their kind of that end of things. So I, I'd a lot of times, because, you know, when, as you know, when you're working with people with any sort of trauma to delve deeply into it, unless you're a trained psychotherapist can be very triggering. So, um, most of my patients, uh, in, in the mental health side of my practice, a lot of them do have trauma of some form. Some of it is domestic violence related. Some of it is, um, sexual violence related. It could be domestic, but in a domestic violence setting, but some of my patients have been, um, victims. Of, of violent sexual abuse, rape, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, a lot of different forms of trauma. So cannabinoid medicine, um, why it actually can help is it can help decrease the nervous system response to, to, um, to, to panic, to stress, to trauma. Um, so it can calm down the nervous system um, in a way with, which can be very effective with a lot less side effects than some of the other medications they're already having to take. Um, so for example, a lot of my patients have to take benzodiazepines or a lot of other mental health medications to help them, but they're getting unwanted side effects and they really want to try something that's going to give the better, hopefully no side effects. Most of my patients with medical cannabis have very little, no side effects at all. Um, so, so that's usually the focus. And then working um, in my medical practice, you know, they're working with their psychotherapist as they're going through the treatment with me. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times they're able to go, um, they're, they're able to get more progress in their, in their therapy because their nervous system is calmer and and just more stable okay so you're saying um the uh cbd oil or the cannabis um medic medicinal um tools you use is just to bring your patients to a state whereby they are very calm yeah exactly so you know we're treating under conditions like treatment resistant depression anxiety 
PTSD, and all of these things overlap. So those are the medical conditions we're treating. But of course, a lot of these, um, not always, not they don't all have a basis in trauma, obviously, but a lot of our patients with those medical conditions have a history of trauma that's contributed to developing a treatment-resistant depression or um, panic disorder or PTSD. Not always, but a lot of times there's a trauma history there. Um, so yeah, so we're using it as a medication, um, not as a cure, of course, for their yeah. for their um, condition, but as as a it's an integrative therapy. Yeah. Okay. So, what yeah. is your opinion about Roe versus Wade in terms of abortion? What is your perspective from a medical standpoint and the effects on women's anxiety levels? Well, I mean, it, it's absolutely appalling. Um, you know, when I first heard about the decision, um, I should say that I grew up in the southern United States. I'm, I'm Canadian and British, but my dad worked in the States for many years. And I grew up in South Carolina. It's a very conservative state. Um, lots of problems, still have lots of problems. Um, you know, it was the war on drugs. Um, there was racism. I mean, I, I experienced it all growing up. And that's one of the reasons we moved back, although it was not as good for my dad's job to Canada because my my parents just didn't like it all. So, you know, I have a lot of friends and colleagues um, who are Americans and some of them, a few of them are obstetricians and gynecologists. And um, a few of them called me in tears saying, what am I going to do? For my patients am i going to have to do illegal abortions i mean they're they're just beside themselves i mean i, I just i just can't imagine being a doctor in the U, in, in the us right now um you know it, it's it's going back to the dark ages i mean <laughs> this is just obviously my opinion but it, it, i have a very passionate opinion about this um I've, I've had lots of my friends um and my patients have to go through abortions over the years and to think of them having to go through that in an in this unsafe way um both the physical unsafe part of it and then the the trauma of going yeah. through that it's just it's just hard to imagine um, that that's happening in the U.S. I mean, it, so hopefully sanity will will return at some point. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. But um, I think um, Ohio and Alabama they've actually um, legalized this so people can have abortions. I think it came out last week when I read the dailies. So I was kind of whoa, yeah, that's what yeah. we because if you don't want a pregnancy, yeah then the best way for your safety and the safety of the baby, especially if it has to do with anything uh, fetal, you know, yes. and if it's going to be detrimental to, to, to the woman's health, then yes. it's, a, it's something that should be done. I believe it's something yes. that should be done. Yeah. I think it's, it's for women not to have that choice. It's just, it's, it's so hard for me to imagine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as a medical doctor, of course, I'm very against, um, not having that choice yeah okay. that leads me to my next question Inish initially there was a reluctance from conservative UK governments to allow the use of CBD due to it's been derived from a class B uh, drug is it the case that CBD and medicinal cannabis is now completely legal that's one question. And yep. the next one is, is it the same in other countries that have either more liberal or more draconian laws concerning recreational drugs? So I'll answer the first part first. So um, in November 2018, 
the government of the UK made medical cannabis legal. So this is legal by a prescription. This is medical cannabis that contains THC. So THC is the chemical in the plant that everyone thinks about when you smoke a joint, for example. Yeah. So obviously we don't um, prescribe smoked cannabis to patients. We prescribe them in oils or vaporized products because it's safer mm-hmm. for the lungs. Um, but these are now um, legal medicines. You have to see a specialist doctor in the UK. So in my medical clinic, we prescribe, you know, I have, I've treated thousands of patients with medical cannabis and first in Canada and now in the UK. Okay. So, you know, you have, it has to be done with a specialist um, and it's a legal medicine that patients have access to. Although a lot of people are not aware of this. Um, then the other side of that question is CBD. CBD from hemp, meaning it has only trace or no THC at all in it. So you cannot get high, you cannot feel impaired. Um, those oils you can buy, uh, you know, in Holland and Barrett and on the high street now. Um, so those are legal. Hemp CBD is legal as a wellness supplement, but technically it's not a medicine. So I always tell people, you know, if you just have a small problem, like a little bit of stress, you can try some over-the-counter hemp CBD. Um, but most of my patients, um, they need something stronger because they're on other medicines that we're trying to wean them off of, or the other medicines are not working, um, or they have bigger problems that they need something, a stronger medicine. And that's where the um, prescri- prescription medical cannabis is, is very effective. Um, in other countries, every country is different. So a lot of countries in Europe are now legalizing medical cannabis. Most of them have legalized medical cannabis, but not recreational or adult use. Okay. Um, in in um, in Canada, where I prescribed in practice medicine for many years before moving back to the UK three years ago, um, you can use cannabis as an adult for any use that you like. Same in the US, in mo- most states, not all states, but some states. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say recreational adult use because the, the reality is that um, as especially for women cannabis users, most women are using cannabis for a well-being purpose or they're self-treating or medicating something. Um, there's all actually only a small proportion of people, you know, in in the age group of let's say um, 30 to 50 year old women or 60 year old women who are using smoking high amounts of THC to get high every day. Um, most people are using it just like they use a glass of wine or instead of a glass of wine because it's actually better for them than a glass of wine. Okay. Um, so, so I think there's always this crossover, um, even in the UK, there's millions of people who cannot afford a private prescription for medical cannabis who are using it on the black market, but they're actually using it. They're trying to medicate something. Oh, wow. That's quite, um, insightful. So is CBD and cannabinoid medicine effective for mental and physical illnesses? And could you kindly give some examples of physical illnesses that you've treated? For example, perimenopausal symptoms, insomnia, endometriosis, illnesses like that, please. Yes, all of the above. So um, medicinal cannabis, obviously, um, in the UK, we can only prescribe it if someone's failed another therapy. It's a little bit more strict than in Canada, where you can use it as a first line medication. Um, but yes, I, I've, you know, I've prescribed thousands of patients over many years medical cannabis for all of these conditions you've just named. Um, 
it can be very useful in chronic painful conditions. So endometriosis is a chronic painful condition where the womb lining grows outside of the womb where it shouldn't. It causes a lot of pain. Very difficult to treat with conventional medications. Um, a lot of people get put on medications that don't really um, work for them very well, but have so many side effects like opioids and so forth. So we can use it there and I have used it there. Um, for perimenopausal symptoms, sometimes we combine it with eight body identical HRT, for example, or some someone we can't take HRT and we use it sort of instead of HRT, more for the stress and the anxiety and the insomnia components of perimenopause symptoms. Um, usually alongside um, herbal therapies, mindfulness, dietary change, sometimes body identical HRT too. Um, so chronic pain of all varieties, I have a lot of patients with um, chronic pain from diabetes, from neurological conditions, from an injury they've had. Um, and, and then I, on the medical, on the mental health side, um, patients with treatment resistant insomnia, um, anxiety disorders of different varieties, PTSD, um, treatment resistant depression, even though it doesn't have as much evidence, but um, we find that it can be quite effective for people. Um, so, so it can be quite effective for a number of conditions because we have receptors for these cannabinoids, these plant chemicals all over our brain and our nervous system. Um, so, so we can work for, for a, a variety of different conditions because the system that um, processes these, these plant chemicals is called the endocannabinoid system. And this system is actually our main balancing system in the brain and the body. So it's responsible from everything, um, you know, from trauma response and sleep wake cycles to um, our response to pain, um, to our eating behaviors. So that's why these medicines seem to work for such a wide variety of symptoms. What would you say is the difference between uh, THC and the CBD? Because I know that you said traces of, I think, THC needs to be added to the CBD oils. So actually CBD and THC are both just two chemicals in the cannabis plant. So a cannabis oil that we would prescribe, for example, in the clinic, um, you know, by prescription, it has THC usually in a small amount. It has CBD usually in a larger amount. And it has about a hundred other plant chemicals that all can contribute to the therapeutic effect. So actually cannabis-based medicines is not a single medication. It's actually a group of medications. So there's, you know, there's 40 different products that I might choose from depending on the person and the presentation. And that's what makes it harder, you see, because conventional medicine doctors are used to, you prescribe this drug at this dose for this many weeks. Yeah. So, you know, because I've been trained both in botanical medicine and Western medicine, um, you know, I can kind of wrap my head around it, but, but it is more of an art because of this. So there's full spectrum CBD oils from hemp and that has a little bit more of the other plant components but it's lacking in any more than a trace amount of THC and those are considered wellness products so you know they're not medicines but CBD is CBD is CBD so the CBD I give people in my medical clinic it's yeah. combined with more THC but it's yeah. still the same compound so the hemp CBD um, oils, people use them for a variety of wellness purposes, like for stress reduction yeah. um, is the main one to help, really to help with stress is the main one that people really use it for. Um, so on the medical side, of course, we have the conditions we discussed earlier. So pain yeah. conditions, mental health conditions, um, a lot of treatment resistant conditions um, that haven't responded to other 
um, drug therapies or people have not been able to tolerate the other therapies. They've had side effects, all that sort of thing. Um, and CBD is also very promising as a treatment for potentially for a treatment for addiction, which is also really interesting because we know people who suffer with trauma and from abuse are at higher risk of addiction because yeah. um, of their their experience. And that's how their brain is trying to process it, you know, doing yeah. looking for the right thing in the wrong place sort of thing. Um, THC, for example, is very useful in chronic pain conditions and helping with sleep and helping with people who have chronic pain, um, like gut pain. So um, IBS symptoms, chronic digestive disorders, even endometriosis, but they have spasmy pain yeah. because THC helps reduce muscle spasm. CBD does not, um, but CBD is also an anti-inflammatory. Um, both can help with neuroprotection, meaning kind of the helping protect the brain cells, um, anti-inflammatory action. Um, so it depends what you're treating and it depends on the person. It's always about the person sitting in front of you. Um, so generally we start with, with, with medicines that are very low in THC and high in CBD. And then we kind of escalate um, if we need to for the condition and the person. And, and it's really quite a personalized medicine. So not every person will have the same dose, even two people with the same um, diagnosis and the same condition could have a completely different dose. So what are your views on women using cannabis or cannabis plant and making, and making informed choices? So I, you know, I'm a really big um, proponent of the legalization of medical cannabis to just cannabis for adult use, because there's so many um, women and men in the UK who use cannabis medicinally and they can't afford a private prescription. You can't get it yet on the NHS. And I don't feel that they should be criminalized for this. And in fact, the more marginalized they are, the more likely they are not going to be able to afford a prescription. And, um, you know, because it's still illegal, it, they're putting themselves at risk potentially. Um, so I think knowing the more you know about cannabis, the cannabis plant, CBD, then you will be able to make a better informed choice. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have this as a medication available on the NHS in the future. A lot of my nonprofit work is working on that very thing. Um, so, so that's what I'm really passionate about, um, you know, having this as a medicine available to everyone, um, not just some people. So right now it's in the private sector, it had to start that way, at least we're getting somewhere. But ultimately, um, seeing seeing more access is is what I would really like. So you want um, most government to kind of legalize uh, the use of uh, the cannabis plant? Yes, I mean that's in, and I think it is going that way. It might take a few more years, but you know, like we've had in Canada, like we've seen in some U.S. states, um, a few other countries in the world have done it, and I, I think eventually that the UK will follow suit. So would you say um, there are positive effects of CBD shared amongst medical professionals in the UK and the world um, at large from what you've just um, discussed with me now? Yes. So um, there's a nonprofit society that I'm the vice chair of called the Medical Cannabis Clinician Society, which is a group of doctors. We all volunteer our time to educate other doctors and health professionals and government bodies about uh, medical cannabis. Okay. And it's so it's becoming more widely accepted. Uh, our membership in the nonprofit society is growing all the time. Um, whenever I speak to doctors at a conference, 
they're so open-minded and especially GPs, NHS GPs, they're, they're so overwhelmed, but they want their patients to get better. And they're all open to this. They all say, you know, if, if I could prescribe that, a lot of them say that they would, um, not all of them, but you know, a lot of them are very open-minded. And, um, I think if you've had a loved one suffer from a chronic pain condition or a, a treatment resistant illness, um, and you know that the, the, the drugs that are available don't always work. Um, a lot of doctors have had that experience in their family and they are open to cannabis because they or their loved one has, you know, been a patient or wanted to be become a patient. That's a lot of times how this happens. Um, you know, I myself became a chronic pain patient when I had a terrible hand injury and I used cannabis topically on my hand. Um, and, and that was very helpful for me. So a lot of times, you know, doctors come at these things after having a personal experience a lot of times. So what are the prospects for CBD use in the future now, now that um, its use has become established? So there's ongoing research in all kinds of fields for cannabis-based medicines, including a lot for women's health, endometriosis, um, not just for CBD alone, for the whole plant extracts. Um, So I I think it's going to become more of a mainstream medicine in the future. It's already going that way, just like a lot of other novel medicines, such as the therapeutic psychedelics, psilocybin from magic mushrooms. Um, Those are also in in a similar category, you know, these these natural um, medicines that are now being recognized as having a lot of therapeutic medical potential. Most of these plants that are organically grown have high uh, medicinal values. Well, I mean, that's a, it's a broad statement, but many plants have medicinal values. I mean, um, you know, even our modern drugs, but half of our modern drugs have been derived at some point from a plant, a plant compound, and then they discovered it in a plant, then they made it in a lab. Um, you know, penicillin, which was the first antibiotic that was a mold found in a laboratory. Um, a lot of the chemotherapy drugs that we now use for it to treat cancer, that was actually originally some of them were, were plant compounds. Um, that they discovered. So, so yeah, it, you know, cannabis is, is, is a treasure trove. The cannabis plant is a treasure trove for medicinal value um, as some of these other plant medicines that have previously been banned and now that are, you know, coming back. Okay. Kindly give recommendations or encouragement to women who have been through any form of abuse. How would you create a cycle-friendly wellness plan, for example. Yeah, so, I mean, I think anyone who's suffered any type of abuse, um, I always encourage them to use as many free resources as you can. I mean, if it ever gets so bad to the point where, you know, people are feeling so low, there's always the Samaritan's line, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, And then there's low-cost psychotherapy um, services all over the UK. So I think seeing a psychotherapist, just even even if you can't see someone, uh, you know, formally um, talking to a friend, talking to someone you trust is the first step. And then if you can, finding a psychotherapist who can help you Um, and then going to see your GP, going to see your medical doctor is the next step. A lot of times GPs are not very helpful with this type of thing because they're so under pressure and they don't have much time, Um, but it's still a good first step. And, um, you know, then, of course, depending on, you know, how far you want to take your journey, then there's looking at other things like cannabis based medicines um, and other approaches that can be um, really helpful. But taking one day at a time, starting where you can, um, just taking really good care of yourself and um, safety is really number one first. 
That's your number one. Because you have yeah. to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Thank you so You're much very for welcome. sharing this. So can you please give us your social media handles for prospective um, clients to get to know you and what you do and any other information they can derive from your social media handles on how they can reach out to you or reach you? So my blog is actually the best place and it has some free resources already up there and more will be coming in the next week or so. Um, and it's just www.resilience.clinic. So if you're looking for free resources for resilience, mental well-being, cannabis, all that stuff, that's the best place to find it um, and to find me and my blog. Um, I'm not as active on social media these days between working full time and being a mom and all that sort of thing, but um, I am sometimes on there and I'm Dr. Danny Gordon on um, Instagram. Oh. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on this show. Over the past two decades, skepticism in the medical profession regarding the therapeutic benefits of cannabinoids have been transformed into a realization that either singularly or in conjunction with other natural organic medication. CBD is not routinely accepted as having a positive and transformative role to play in the treatment of a wide range of physical and mental ailments. Future progress in research and development into the medicinal properties of cannabinoids can be expected to lead to further exciting revelations in this progressive domain. It's been Grace Opar for Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. See you on our next episode and make sure you take care of your mental well-being as well as your physical well-being. Take care and see you soon. Bye for now. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch risingaboveshadowsofabuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms. Rising Above Shadows of Abuse at TikTok, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Twitter, Rising Above Abuse, YouTube, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. See you on our next episode. This has been Grace Opa for Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Thank you.